When I was in the ninth grade at Pilot Butte Junior High School in Bend, Oregon, back in the late 60s, uh, two friends of mine and I were in the newspaper and yearbook classes. Like journalism, it was great stuff. Uh, liked it so much so that at one point, these two friends of mine and I wrote a satirical double-sided, you know, took a piece of paper, printed on both sides, underground newspaper. Uh, we made fun of certain teachers and the administration and mocked sports and other things. It was all tongue-in-cheek, harmless stuff, at least... That's how we viewed it. My dad had a mimeograph machine. Remember mimeographs? Uh, so I made up a stencil and hand printed a bunch of these. I don't know, maybe what, five, six dozen. And one day we started spreading them around. Uh, at one point, I put some in one of the restrooms. And as I was coming out, in came the vice principal. Okay. I didn't have these in my hand. I just set them down. He had one in his hands. He saw the stack that I just left there, although he didn't know for sure that I was responsible for putting there. And he confronted me. And I course play dumb because i just wanted out of there right uh and i did manage to get away without getting in trouble but it kind of scared me we ended up disposing of most of the copies of what we called stalag pb <laughs> which you know i suppose is over the line a little bit but hey we were kids and i wanted to be a writer and publisher uh it wasn't long before i tried again this time in the comic book world back then you may recall or maybe you don't there were things called fanzines so i came up with a fanzine i have no idea what the content was it had to do with comic books probably my you know uh take on daredevil or something like that right i published uh, three or four issues and sent them around maybe 20 of them it was called kamikaze uh, as in c-o-m-i-c-a-z-e that's how we how i spelled it kamikaze and, and mailed them to some friends and a few people I'd met through the comic books and so on. I, I, I wish I had copies of those publications that I could show you, but I don't. They're lost to time. But, you know, I'm still publishing. Hey, it's Tim Patterson. This is Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, speaking of publishing, my blog, tradeshowguyblog.com. You're probably on there. If not, you're listening to the audio version or you stumbled across this on YouTube. Uh, but the blog is tradeshowguyblog.com if you haven't been there. i got a couple of books out, Trade Show Success. Uh, 14 Proven Steps to Take Your Trade Show Marketing to the Next Level, published, self-published. Uh, trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies, also self-published, both available on Amazon. And on today's uh, podcast slash video blog, I got a chance to visit with someone I met decades ago during my radio days in uh, Portland. Ronnie Noise has a company called DIY Marketing, doing a lot of great stuff, and uh, you'll get to hear her share some uh, really good usable tips during this conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed it. She had much more than I thought she was going to bring to the table and she brought a lot. So I hope you uh, like it too. Welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. I'm speaking with uh, Ronnie Noyes of DIY Marketing out of Vancouver, Washington. And how are you this morning, uh, Ronnie? It's good to see you again. It's been a long time. It is. I believe we started working together when you were about 12. <laughs> Something like that. Back to my younger days, my radio days, when I was trying to do other sorts of weird stuff. And uh, we spoke briefly about that in the green room. And that's another story all of its own. But uh, it's, it's good to reconnect. And um, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about the DIY marketing Okay, so the DIY Marketing Center is a place where small business owners can find help doing their own marketing. So unlike an agency where we charge an arm and a leg and do stuff that uh, may or may not work, I work with um, small entrepreneurs, well, small, they're, they're not little, but there's usually solopreneurs, Tim, who have to do their own marketing typically because of necessity. It's not, they don't have 
a, um, a large budget to get their marketing done and they know they have to do it so they want to learn the skills and figure it out um, and, and actually do it themselves but so here's the problem they don't always know what to do or how to do it and they also sometimes need help getting it done and that's what the DIY marketing center does so it's kind of like uh, holding their hands while you teach them which direction to go, but once they've gotten a couple of steps, they're kind of on their own. They can come back and say, you know, I need a little help with this. And, and uh... Well, yes. However, we don't, um, even though I do a lot of training for the public, um, a ton of training, at least two trainings every single month, the majority of the members uh, stay with me for at least four years. And the reason for that, Tim, because I have a little membership thing going on, is that I offer ongoing support. And unlike the majority of coaches out there, and I've been a coach for almost 20 years now, I don't have the old fashioned three one hour sessions per month because that can be overwhelming. But I have five minute laser coaching sessions every week. So not only is that easier on the budget, but that's a lot more frequent and um, more direct help when and where people need it. Probably focused on an action plan for the next week, that sort of thing, I'm guessing. Uh, what they yeah, need to do. Exactly. And, because I mean, that, that's really the, the basics of marketing, isn't it? Once you figure out what you're going to do and why you're going to do it, then all it's all on action. When and how are you going to get this stuff done? And that's where the rubber hits the road with the yeah. DIY. Well, I know in in, uh, in the green room mentioned. Let's let's talk about some uh, some strategies and then uh, for marketing. So let's start there. What you said, top five. So let's let's uh, enumerate those. Great. So a lot of people are going to think that I will say, absolutely, you have to do social media as one of your top five marketing strategies. And I say, yeah, that's not true. Even though you need to show up on social media, most people ignore the basic five strategies that build business, build revenue and build reputation. And those are very simply number one. The very first strategy is lead generation. And people say, I don't need to do lead generation. Yeah, you do. Lead generation is a way to invite the attention of people who are actively looking for the type of support, information, product, service, experience that a business offers. And if you can catch them when they're looking, then you become a possibility to serve their needs. Otherwise, you just wait for them to stumble across you. So number one, um, lead generation. The second thing is networking. My favorite place to network is at trade shows. Um, okay. Although if you're not going to trade shows, you can absolutely do things like go to uh, networking meetings, leads meetings, chambers, associations, lots of different places to make connections. And here is the secret. Tim, when I became a um, uh, marketing consultant, when I left the corporate world, I used networking to build my business. And then... So that was as a marketing consultant. And then as a coach, I built my business, gosh, I got 29 clients in 42 days strictly through networking. I started off knowing nobody. And I was able to go from, from nothing to full practice in 42 days strictly through networking. Now, I mean, that may not be the only strategy to use, but it's certainly a great one, and it's a fast one. So that's one I strongly recommend. I'm going to interrupt you just quick because I know a lot of people are scared about networking. They don't know how to do it. Maybe one or two tips on how to approach it if they're like shy, for instance. <laughs> I totally get it. Not only am I shy, I'm also um, an introvert. Yes. And so here's what I have discovered. The trick to networking is go to the right place and have a plan. Know who it is that you are looking to meet. And remember, networking is not selling. You're not going there to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Ronnie Noyes, DIY Marketing Center. How the hell are you? Are you ready to buy marketing coaching? <laughs> So what you're looking for are um, power partners, essentially people who can send business your way. 
um, and that you'll get a lot more business from one power partner than you will from five prospects, believe me. Gotcha, gotcha. So, okay. the, the secret to networking is to go there with the agenda to make business friends and see how you can help other people, and they, in turn, will help you. Gotcha. All right. On. Onward and upward. On, onward. <laughs> okay. So, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you noticed on my website, Tim, I do a series of networking trainings here in my office, which is located inside the Greater Vancouver Chamber of Commerce. We're in Portland, Oregon, general area. Um, most months, I do a really powerful networking training. I do uh, networking for newbies. I do um, how I built my business with networking, really fun class, and also how to work a networking event, even if you hate networking. So if any of your listeners are interested in something like that, call me. There you go. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. So the third powerful marketing strategy, which is absolutely essential, is a sales strategy. And a lot of times, people start a business. Tim, I know you're not going to believe this, but they have no idea how they're going to make the sale. For some reason, they imagine that there are a lot of people out there with wads of cash ready to throw it at them. And that's not always true. So once we are in business, we have to figure out how do people make the decision to buy from us and how can we make that absolutely as easy and frictionless as possible. That may mean having a merchant account or PayPal or Venmo or I don't know what, but or, and it may be either a consultative sales process or just an easy buy online, but whatever it is, it needs to be in place so people can buy. Otherwise, exactly. yeah. then you're kind of in the sales prevention business. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> oh, we don't. We don't. I'm a fan of sales. But that maybe that's me. I also like revenue. Okay, so those are the first three strategies, lead generation, networking, sales. The fourth strategy is keeping in touch. And you would not believe this, Tim. But I'm going to tell you a quick little story. From So you and I met back in the day when I was um, running a label, a uh, record label, <laughs> record <laughs> label here in the United States. Remember records? Japanese company. And at that time, I was using a lot of American vendors to um, – to press my product. And as a matter of fact, I found a great vendor through a tip from a friend to press CDs for me. And it was great and I really liked it. And I, but the problem was my CD, um, the guy didn't use email and he didn't include a packing slip or even a receipt. Um, he barely, and when he sent me a, well, actually he didn't even send me a bill. I had to have uh, money on delivery. And so unfortunately, this was before I was really making sure I had my own database. I had to rack my brain to remember now who was that guy, what was his name, because his business had a weird name that didn't say CD duplication to me. Anyway, he eventually went out of business, and I'm not surprised because people couldn't find him. And I remember uh, one time I, I found his uh, contact information in a um, in an old folder, um, and I called him to order CDs. He was like, oh, man, bummer, you didn't order yesterday. I had a big sale. Well, how was I supposed to know? <laughs> yeah. He didn't let me know. No postcard, no flyer, no phone call, no email, none of that, and nothing on his website. And apparently he just expected people to know. So not keeping in touch is a way to lose all the customers that you so carefully um, recruited. And I think the number one way to keep in touch these days, you're going to be very surprised about this, yeah. is an email newsletter. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And, and people say, oh, nobody reads email. Well, at least you show up and at least they know who you are. Yeah. So, absolutely email newsletter. And you might think, oh, I've got to do it during social media or on social media. But not everybody shows up. And there's some people absolutely refuse to use Facebook, even though it is like the yellow pages. It's so ubiquitous. Some people only do Twitter. Some people are only on Instagram. You can't um, – 
control, though, how people see your messages on those platforms, but you can control when you send an email or a postcard. So keeping in touch, reminding your customers, your clients that not only you exist, but you've got great stuff that they like to buy is a great way to stay in business. Now, my very fifth marketing mm -hmm. strategy that I wanted to mention is rewards. Um, and uh, rewards. That was wrong. It starts with an R. Rewards is my bonus sixth one. Uh, the fifth one, though, is referrals. I say cultivate a culture of referring. And you want your clients to refer because after you spend all this time and money recruiting a fabulous client, well, you want them to give you someone who is just like them because that reduces your marketing costs and means you have another great person to work with. So having a nice referral strategy, but not just from your clients, also from some of your partners can bring you a ton, ton, ton of business. And it can also, a good referral strategy reduces the, um, the marketing cost of everything else that you're doing because you get great word of mouth. You know, that's, that's a great five, uh, Ronnie. Lead generation, networking, sales strategy, keeping in touch, and uh, referrals slash yes. rewards. We can get to the, the bonus number six uh, rewards. but uh, And we could dig into each one of those for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's and, and, and because the sales strategy itself, do you need sales training? Uh, mm -hmm. how's, that, how's that come into play? So there's a lot of things to dig into, but that's a good list of things to look at. So, and you said, did you have a bonus one? I'm sorry. I didn't yeah, the bonus one yes. is rewards. So reward your customers, clients, patients, members, whatever they are, reward them for behavior that you want them to do. Um, and I don't mean give them a present every single month because then that becomes like an entitlement. They think they purchased it. But to have random surprise rewards, and it can be a loyalty program, but it could also just be a special bonus for a sale for clients only so not a sale that everybody gets right. but one just for clients only or invitation to a special event something like that there are a lot of different ways to reward your clients make them feel special because these days everybody has a lot a lot a lot of options for buying virtually anything yes and i like to reward my clients after we do a trade show project by sending them brownies <gasps> i love brownies well well and now you can give them enhanced brownies well, yeah, I don't know that I want to do that. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, well, so I wouldn't do that, but yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're just saying. Well, you could do it here in Oregon and Washington, um, but yeah. Uh, and then you said you had uh, you wanted to share if, you, if we had time, and we certainly do, uh, top five prosperity strategies. So let's uh, dig into those, Ronnie. Yes. So marketing is one thing. Marketing, let me just give you a quick definition, just to remind everybody. So instead of that 82-word definition that's on the American Marketing Association homepage, let me just say marketing is the exact art and subtle science of attracting, acquiring, and retaining great clients profitably. In other words, marketing is about generating revenue. Um, it's about finding great clients and keeping them happy. So that's what marketing is. But there are also some business strategies that help small business owners have an easier time and a certainly shortcut that, uh, that path to success. And they are number one, five of them as well. Number one is to have a written marketing plan. Now, so because the marketing drives revenue. You may, you may say to yourself, no, that's sales driver. No, 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 no. Marketing is that entire process of relationship with your clients. So the attraction, acquisition and retention, all of that, 
That's more than sales. It's sales and customer service and advertising and social media. It's all that stuff wrapped into one. And what you want to have is a plan that you have thought through so you know who you're going to talk to, why they want to hear from you, where you're going to find them, and how you can communicate the right message most effectively. Now, most people think that a marketing plan requires software or something special. It doesn't. You can do a great, powerful, strategic marketing plan on just one page. But I would suggest to do that because having that plan not only tells you what you're going to do for your business, but it also eliminates all the other shiny objects that pop up and distract the very creative entrepreneur. We all so, do that. Yeah, so number one, have a plan. And I think that when you have things written down, there's magic in it. I, I agree. If you write something down, it it, uh, it forces you to, to crystallize what you're thinking, number one. And number two, it's a good reminder of what you did to get to, to the work that you did to get there. And you, you, you may get off track and you go, oh, I remember I was going to do this because I wrote it down. Now, you can change that if you want, if you need, it needs to, but I think writing it down does, does magic. I agree, Ronnie. So, Exactly. Well, so, and I pair my marketing plan, which is my strategic document, one page, I pair it with what I call a marketing map. And really people might think of it as a, almost like a list. I have it in an Excel spreadsheet and it lists all of the, the actions and the things that I'm doing to articulate those strategies. So it's a very tactical document. And the nice thing is I, I can plan and figure out how, if I'm going to do a, um, a newsletter, um, how can I, uh, promote my upcoming marketing classes and my networking trainings. So I can make sure that everything dovetails and I get the maximum value out of virtually everything I do because the truth is, Tim, I'm kind of lazy and I'd rather spend, and that's one of the reasons I'm probably an entrepreneur, but I want to spend my time enjoying life, not working myself into a frazzle. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so written plan plus a little uh, tactical um, map that goes with it. So that's strategy number one. Strategy number two is to seek and accept expert advice. So even though my, my company is DIY, do-it-yourself marketing center, um, I, there are some things that I wouldn't recommend doing yourself, taxes being one of them. Right. I mean, <laughs> uh, but there are a lot of things I don't do for myself. Um, I, I find good experts I trust and I outsource those things. I think that it's kind of foolish to outsource marketing if you're a one-person shop because you really need the control um, and it's also very expensive to outsource marketing. You're going to have to make some super hard decisions but there are some things like doing taxes, doing the accounting that you're going to want to outsource. Mm -hmm. At least I, I think so. So yeah. but not yeah. I agree. Uh, and even maybe not at the very beginning, um, except for maybe taxes. If you're actually making money from it, you probably should have an expert get into that. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good idea to figure out what, what you can outsource to a virtual assistant, uh, whether it's local or, or someone online that you can trust. So. Exactly. Well, and the other thing in terms of out, so this, this also applies to tools. So for example, um, I'm not a big fan of, of investing a huge amount of money in websites at the very beginning because people come to me and they say, gosh, I had $5,000 to, to um, start a business. So I spent $3,500 on an image package and $1,500 on a website. And now I'm ready for clients. That's crazy. We want to spend all of our money um, on getting the clients, not on preparing to be in business. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So when we have a, when we have a budget, we can look at, we can get advice from a lot of different people. 
And some things we're going to do ourselves and some things I think that we should scale up to. I think people focus a lot more on listening to the wrong experts, the people who are who have an investment in selling them something, rather than um, listening to the advice of people who are interested in their financial well-being. And that's tough because there's a lot of hard choices at the very beginning of that. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Number okay. Three. So that, those are two. So the third uh, strategy that I recommend is systems. So the first thing to do is create systems that can not only provide a consistent client experience with you, but that can provide you with consistent outcomes so that you know exactly how long things take and how they are done well. And this has to do with everything from marketing to answering the phone. It's you know it's just absolutely astonishing. Um, I had a friend who had a business and she asked her mother to come in and answer the phone because she was doing an advertising campaign. Phone was ringing off the hook and her mom answered the phone like this, hello. And people were like, uh, I'm calling about the ad and she'd be like, what ad? Okay. <laughs> why doesn't they have, why don't they have a script? You know, thank you for calling ABC company. How can I help you today? You're calling about our ad. Is that the two tires for $50 right. or you know, whatever it is? Have a script, have a system to make it easy for people to connect and get what they want from your company. Exactly. Side yeah. note, uh, side note, we, I volunteer for a local uh, community station down here. We do a pledge drive three times a year and all the uh, volunteers are trained to answer the phone. Hi, this is KMUZ. How can I take your pledge? <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. So they know right at the beginning what's happening. Uh, well, you know, do you want to give a credit card? So yeah, yeah a script is very important when you're answering the phone, especially well, if you're making the phone basic, basic system. And that way people understand they have reached a business. They yeah. have misdialed and gotten the wrong place. And especially right. these days. So I'm kind of going off on the phones. I know. <laughs> the but phones I, are crazy. I know. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a big thing when people, people don't like to call these days. So if somebody goes to the trouble to call you, you want to make sure that they know that they've called the right place and you're going to make it super easy for them to get the sort of help they're looking for. Exactly. But this goes for pretty much anything that you can do. Once you do something, you want to create a system around it. When you send thank you notes or you send invoices, you don't want to have to recreate the wheel each time. And once you have systems in place to manage all of the functions of your business, then you can effectively outsource them without too much worry that they won't get done the way you want them done. You just pass the system along to your uh, assistant. Agreed. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, there's a really fantastic book written by a guy who was from Oregon, as a matter of fact. I think he's from Bend. His name is Sam Carpenter. And he wrote a book called Work the System. And he talks about how any business organization is really just a, um, a collection, a system of systems that, that work. And when the systems don't work, the business fails. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how he went from sleeping in his office because he was not making any money to becoming a millionaire just by focusing on systems. That's just it's a great book and I highly recommend it. I'll make a note of it. We'll put it in the show notes. Great. Thank you. Okay. So the fourth thing that I think is super important in terms of a prosperity strategy is association. So association in high school. Yeah. Okay. You said association. Association. Yeah. So okay. when I was in high school, I was uh, very tempted to hang out with one of those guys who had a muscle car and it was not in my um, my social group at all. My mother's like, well, what kind of a girl will you be if you hang out with that guy? And I'm like, no, it'll be fine, mom. I mean, I, I know who I am. I'm not going to change just because I'm going out with a hood. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I became a rocker chick so fast your head would spin. Um, it's 
we have a tendency to align our behavior, our values, our morals with the people that we hang out with. And so one thing I have noticed is I no longer have friends who aren't entrepreneurs because when I first started my entrepreneurial journey about 25 years ago, um, people said to me, oh my gosh, what about insurance? Um, you know, it's just so silly. How can you, why wouldn't you have a good job? I'll tell you why I wouldn't have a good job because my job had been making money for other companies and I was sick and tired of not getting the money I earned right. and having it enrich somebody else. Okay, not that I'm greedy, but still I have a lot more confidence in myself and my ability to support me than I do in somebody else. And so now I associate with other entrepreneurs and people who are confident in themselves, not people who cower on the sidelines and keep crappy jobs that they hate because they're worried about security. I'm more secure hanging out with me. So I say, don't hang out with naysayers. Don't hang out with uh, people who aren't your kind of people. Find winners if you want to be a winner and hang out with them. And I don't know if it was Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar. Someone said, your net worth is the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I have noticed that's true. It so is the, true, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. the more successful people you can hang out with, and if you're an entrepreneur that means other entrepreneurs then you will you will rise to their level so I, I heard that exact same thing 20 or 25 years ago and it's always been in the back of my mind and, and it and i'm sure it's subtly changed who i look who i seek to find uh, time with and, and it's it's true it's, it's a tribal thing it's uh you know what uh with the kind of people we hang around with support us and you know I looked at the little friends I had and went, man, they're a bunch of rock and roll losers. <laughs> they're, get new friends. they're great people, but do I want to spend as much time with them as I have been? So, yeah. All right. Uh, on to number five. Association is a great one. What's number five? Well, the very last thing is the, the strategy is accountability. Mm -hmm. And we might think that we have a tremendous amount of uh, personal discipline. I know I do. However, having that accountability, and it can be peer accountability, it can be from a coach, probably not from a spouse, because I think that's a, that's a tough um, ask of a spouse, but when we have accountability somehow, then we end up being our best selves. And, and people tell me, no, no, Ronnie, that's not true, I'm, I'm really disciplined, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's a question, how many of us would graduate from high school if we didn't have to go to school? <laughs> yeah. Most of us would not. Um, I mean, of course, some of us are homeschooled, but someone else is always enforcing that structure and accountability on us. And I think that simply because we've been, most of us have been raised in the 20th and 21st century, that accountability is um, part of the structure of our culture, but it doesn't exist really for entrepreneurs unless we get involved with it. And so that means hanging out with people like a mastermind group is a great accountability structure. Um, working with coaches or even just working with a, a partner is great because then we have that social um, pressure to do what we say we're going to do and we are inspired and encouraged by what everybody else is doing and because they're our peers we want to continue moving forward with that. Very cool uh, and the five are of the prosperity strategies uh, written marketing plan map uh, seek and accept expert advice number three systems number four association number five accountability and again we could do an hour on each of those <laughs> fun stuff, fun stuff. yeah ronnie noise of diy marketing in vancouver it's so uh, uh nice to have you on the uh, trade show guy monday morning coffee uh, today where's uh, where can people find you well, i mean you mentioned I the vancouver chamber of commerce but online tell us yeah. your website 
I'm very easy to find. Um, my website is DIYMarketingCenter.com. You can also Google Marketing Coach. And if you're on, yeah, if you're on Google, you will find me. Awesome. So, cool. Ronnie, thank thanks you, again. It's a pleasure. I, I appreciate your time. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Ronnie Noyes of DIY Marketing, Vancouver, Washington. Really nice to have her on the show. Uh, trade show tip of the week, do more than just show up. So many exhibitors show up and think that's enough. It's not enough. Uh, do some pre-show marketing. Mail some stuff out. Email some people. Do some social media. Make phone calls. Invite people. Set up appointments. Uh, do some interactive things in your booth to get the random visitor to stop in so you can quiz them on what they're doing at the show. Uh, work at getting your booth staff to be better at what they can do. You know, bring a trainer in. Make them a whole lot better. The whole point is, yes, we should show up, but it's more than that. Add something. It can be anything. Doesn't matter if it works great or not. Just try something. Try things out and see what works. And even if something works great this year, doesn't mean it will work next year. Or vice versa. If something doesn't work great this year, maybe it'll work great next year. You never know. Got to keep trying new things anyway. Uh, this week's one good thing. Uh, my wife is a great admirer of sculptors and their work. So we're, we're, we're cruising through Netflix a couple of nights ago and we ran across this uh, documentary called Struggle, The Life and Lost Art of Zulkowski. It's about the mind-blowing art of Stanislav Zulkowski, a Polish artist born in uh, excuse me, 1893, lived to be 87 years old or 89 or something like that. Anyway. I did math. <laughs> it wasn't great. Uh, the, the documentary was terrific, crazy, crazy stuff that this guy came up with. He called himself like the, the world's best genius. He, he was a little egocentric, but fascinating work. If you can find that, um, I, I think you really like it. I'm going to put the uh, a link to the trailer in the show notes on the blog. So there you go. That's this week's one good thing. Uh, have yourself a great time. Have fun this week. And join me again next week. Mm-hmm.